Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Absolute pleasure to see you there. Thanks for joining us. Settle in. We've got plenty to go over. We'll have some fun today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wednesday. A welcome Wednesday. Hump day. Hump day. Every day is hump day for the camel. It's a little bit of Wednesday wisdom there. I forgot the hashtag, so I don't think it's going to go through. Dr. S. Dr. S in the chat. It's been so long. Sweetie, where have you been? Hope you've been keeping yourself entertained. I hope all of you have been keeping yourself entertained because there is a there is a big possibility that you won't be entertained here. Just to let you know. I like to set the bar exceptionally low. Exceptionally low. Well, hello, Lemon Tree for Truth. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Pardon me. Ah, the cough button. Works like a charm. Are we going to laugh while the world burns? Perhaps. Franklin, good to see you. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks, everyone, for sharing. Before we get too far down the road of insanity... If you want to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to give me some what we would call feedback, quote unquote feedback, which can be as insulting or degrading as you like, as you prefer, then follow me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Uh, people saying they can't see the chat, the YouTube stream went down. I don't know. I see the chat and the YouTube stream still up, so I don't know. I don't know. It's out of my hands. But maybe maybe our title is apt then on such an occasion. We're going to do a little bit of follow-up again from yesterday, which was follow-up from the day before. But I'm not going to dedicate a whole show to it, to this madness. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard the term accelerationism being bandied about lately. Well, things are accelerating. For the worse, I suspect. Just before we get to our first article today, which will have you shivering in a cold sweat, um, I was, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not. Can I say this? Is this going to put me in some kind of bad books? Is this going to get me red flagged? I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. I was listening to some Alex Jones this morning. <gasps> yes, it's true. Just tuning in, listening to a little bit of Alex. Don't tell anyone, though. That's just between you and me and the trees. Don't forget about the trees. So I was listening to a little bit of Alex, and he was talking about um, the propensity these days for, you know, athletes who were born biologically male to compete in female events. And, you know, I've been following this too. And a number of top female athletes are now coming out saying that this is horrible and wrong and it's unfair on them. 
and the top, you know, they're now being ignored by the people on the front line of the crusades for gender equality, believe it or not. They're now being told that they're bigots, which I do find, you know, as somebody who is often accused of, say, relying on the slippery slope fallacy too often when I make various arguments, you know, when we the last couple of days we've been talking about you know, issues around censorship, regulation of the internet and stuff, and I say, when you open the door to this stuff, it's only going to go one way. If you give these people an opportunity to step in and start deciding for you what you can and can't see, it's going to start as a noble idea that everybody will support because that's the PR, that's the selling point, that's the gift wrapping. It's like taking taking a dump into a box and then wrapping it up with pretty Christmas paper. Like on the surface, you put it under the tree. It's like, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you, thank you so much for the present. And then you open it up and just get a face full of steaming turd stench. Like, oh, whoa, I didn't want this. This wasn't on the list. It's like, too late, sucker. I didn't keep the receipt. We're not taking it back. Enjoy your present. So it's always sold on the surface. Any solution that comes from government is always sold on the surface as some vital, noble exploit that you absolutely must have in your life. And we know that the next step to the next step to the next step is just going to be increasingly magnified and painful. And we know it from experience, like by just having a rudimentary understanding of how power mad people can become when given the opportunity. And so that's why the slippery slope argument, the fallacy is apt in a lot of cases. So in regards to, you know, the now, the now equalization of athletics and sports in terms of breaking down barriers between genders, part of me who, you know, somebody like myself who was saying years ago, you know, if you open that door once, you know, years from now, there's going to be men competing in female sports and you're not going to like that very much. Shut up, you sexist. Shut up. You bigot. You nasty bigot. How dare you? You're so intolerant. Just be a little more tolerant, right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Okie dokie. So part of me, Part of me now, when I see people complaining about individuals who were born biologically male competing in female sports and dominating, breaking records, smashing their opponents, part of me is like, well, <laughs> God bless, God bless tolerance. And I think, you know, as now as a reformed supporter, and I'm now a supporter of gender equalization across the athletic divide because I've been berated into accepting this as the new reality, then I, I must celebrate it. So I am pleased to see that finally people are competing on an even playing field. And I hope that my brothers from other mothers get out there and absolutely smash their female opponents into the dirt <laughs> in honor of the patriarchy they were once representing, which is now dead. I couldn't be happier. <clears throat> God bless. Well done, lads. Get out there and show the ladies how it's done. Good for you.
Good for you. I couldn't agree with me more on that one. So let's get back to the price of fish. A follow-up from a follow-up. I bring you today's first article. Wait until you see this. Like I said, remember two days ago, uh, we needed regulation on social media in order to stop the uh, the proliferation of violent videos across various platforms and to various people. That then transmorphed into we need to stop hate speech spreading in the community. That then changed into we need to stop conspiracy theories spreading in the community. And which in of itself is kind of like ironic in a head up your own ass kind of way because if social media platforms start banning people because they promote conspiracy theories, wouldn't that just create a whole like library full of books of people writing conspiracy theories about social media platforms? Like, maybe the social media, if I was running a social media platform, I would ban people who promote conspiracy theories and then invest in the people who write books about the social media platforms banning people who write about conspiracy theories. Just a thought. Just putting that out there. But so that it then became, you know, we're going to stop conspiracy theories. And now, 24 hours later, from one day to the next, we go another step into the abyss, another, another rung down the slippery slope. It just keeps getting better and better. Consider a live streaming streaming ban, says former Facebook CEO. Ban it all. Get rid of it all. Get rid of all of them. I love this approach. For example, like every time there's one car accident, we should ban all driving. I think that would be a good way to go. Perhaps, how about this? Have you heard those stories, those medical horror stories, when somebody goes in for surgery and then they find a scalpel left in them or something? Or like a piece of medical equipment? We should ban all surgery. Ban hospitals. Because one uh, isolated incident is obviously indicative of a trend that nobody has noticed yet, right? I I I love the way governments react. After a crisis. The former head of Facebook in Australia and New Zealand says tech giants must consider banning live streaming. Remember... Two days, two days ago, and here's the thing: people want to talk about, oh, you can't use the slippery slope fallacy. Two days ago, the governments and the conversation was about just banning. You know, we we need to find a way to ban people spreading, you know, violent videos. Now it's just like, well, let's just ban it all. Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> then we don't have to worry. The former head of Facebook in Australia and New Zealand says tech giants must consider banning live streaming after white supremacist Brenton Tarrant used the video service to broadcast the uh, Christchurch terror attack. We later found out that there were 10 people watching that live stream. 10. One zero. Stephen Sheeler, the former Facebook CEO in Australia and New Zealand, said social media companies could remove live streaming from their platforms and that artificial intelligence measures to stop extreme content getting online wasn't effective. There's two ways to think about it. One is to stop live streaming as a product. Simply, they could. So there's no live streaming. That's an option. And we've just seen an example here. Unfortunately, the state of artificial intelligence isn't intelligent enough to stop something like this. Yes, unfortunately, artificial uh, artificial intelligence just isn't advanced enough to police people yet. That's, damn it. Damn, we're so close. We're so close. 
you know, hopefully not, hopefully not long from now, artificial intelligence will be advanced enough to, you know, stop people doing things. That's really what we want. But for now, we're just going to have to ban shit. Sorry. You have to ask yourself the question, what else isn't being stopped? Something as egregious as this is not taken down. And that's a good way to approach it. You know, when something bad happens, you have to think to yourself, well, what else isn't being stopped right now? Therefore, we should stop everything. Because somewhere in the world, somewhere, something else is happening that's probably worse than this. I like where this is going. Facebook said on Sunday it had removed 1.5 million copies of the video and was continued, continuing to work with authorities to find and remove other copies. Google has removed thousands of copies after the video was uploaded to its YouTube sharing site. Mr. Sheila said, introducing laws targeting executives and board members for failing to adequately police their platforms may encourage tech companies to take proactive action pointing to OH&S liability laws as an example. Suddenly what, what happened, we went from not really looking at OHS issues to really looking at them because if somebody was killed or hurt severely in our company, I could go to jail. Mr. Sheila said he used to, he used to be a proponent of freedom online, but his convictions had faltered in the last few years. He no longer feels the freedom bug. Wait till you hear this quote. Definitely in the last couple of years, I think we've come to a point where we have to question, is the ideal of freedom going to trump everything else in terms of the negative effects that these platforms can have? Freedom is the problem. Freedom is the issue. You see, with too much freedom, people are susceptible to harm. We need to protect you. We need to wrap you up in a nice, cosy, warm little blanket. Because freedom is the enemy here. It's not the man with the gun. It's not the guy with hate in his heart. It's not the vicious, cold-blooded killer. No. Freedom. Freedom is the entity that wants to do you harm. Meanwhile, the head of Australian Cybersecurity Centre, Alastair McGibbon, says social media companies have failed to protect societies. Oh, I'm sorry. did I miss a memo? <laughs> I didn't. I wouldn't. This is a genuine question. Uh, when did we elect social media companies to become the protector of societies? Can anybody fill me in on that? Like, honestly, did I, did I miss something? Did it, was there a press conference? Was there an awards ceremony? Was, was Jack Dorsey knighted somewhere, somehow? I dub thee Sir Jack, protector of Western civilization. I don't, I don't remember seeing that. I would have thought it'd be pretty big news, wouldn't you? The chief advisor on cybersecurity to the prime minister said big tech were earning massive profits while neglecting to take responsibility. Yes, it, uh, <clears throat> responsibility is one of those funny things, isn't it? Like, if we want the person who actually does the action which causes mayhem and death and destruction and misery, if we want them to take responsibility, well, that's not going far enough. It's like, it's like we just hate people then. Oh, we're, we're in favour of hatred and bigotry and <laughs> violence. Quote, 
These companies have had the world's best engineers creating remarkable products and monetizing those products at an amazing rate. What they haven't done is live up to their social responsibilities of protecting the societies from which they profit. Newsflash, we don't we haven't asked Twitter to protect us. We haven't asked Facebook to protect us. We certainly aren't on the phone to Twitter and Facebook and YouTube calling them up saying, hey, by the way, um, there's some things floating around out there, some information or some videos that I find particularly you know, offensive and harmful. Can you please protect me from them? That's That's never happened. What I do hear a lot of, though, is people in politics or positions of power or bureaucrats demanding that we be protected. And it always comes from this place of noble virtue, doesn't it? Well, we need to do more to protect people. People need to be protected. We need to protect society. No, you don't. No, you don't. Of course, military, police, fire department, paramedics. These are the levels of protection that society expects. This is what we this is what we sign up for. This is what we thank you for. This is what we pay taxes for. We don't expect social media companies to protect us. And we certainly don't want government forcing them to protect us and then having the audacity to turn around and say it's for our benefit. Who's 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 re- whose benefit is it really for? Who's really getting protected here? Just a thought. One day they're protecting you from seeing violent imagery. The next day they're protecting you from quote-unquote hate speech. The next day they're protecting you from conspiracy theories. The next day they're protecting you from disturbing content, none of which is actually defined ever. The definition is ambiguous and vague and fluid. Fluid like the Olympics are going to be in terms of men versus women in coming years, I suspect. Horrifying. Like I said, it always starts off on a noble tip. Hundreds of hotel guests were secretly filmed and live streamed online. This is from CNN. Yesterday. About 1,600 people have been secretly filmed in hotel rooms in South Korea with the footage live streamed online for paying customers to watch, police said Wednesday. Two men have been arrested and another pair investigated in connection with the scandal, which involved 42 rooms in 30 accommodations in 10 cities around the country. Police said there was no indication the businesses were complicit in the scheme. Cameras were hidden inside digital TV boxes, wall sockets and hairdryer holders, and the footage was streamed online, the Cyber Investigation Department at the National Police Agency said in a statement. Why do you think stories like this are starting to filter through? Is it time to ban all live streaming? Look at the damage that's being done. What, are are you in favour? Are you in favour of unsuspecting hotel guests being filmed against their will? What kind of a sicko are you? How could you not be in favour of banning live streaming at this point? What, do you got some kind of sick fetish? You want to look at naked chicks online? Is that what you're into? I say we ban these websites and ban live streaming because there's too many sickos out there with their sick little weird fetishes. And we need to put a stop to it. 
right now, today, yesterday. Of course, nobody in this chat, well, maybe you are, I'm not sure, but nobody in this chat is in favour of people being filmed against their will, especially when they're on the toilet or in the bathroom or what have you. But hey, hey, you know what? The best way to stop this kind of activity taking place and the exploitation of people causing harm in the community, I think that live streaming platforms have a responsibility here. They are neglecting their responsibility to protect people, right? Expect more of this filtering through over the next couple of weeks. Like I said, it always starts this way. Like I said a couple of days ago on the show, put your hand up if you thought that the people arguing for civil liberties when they brought in things like the Patriot Act were stark raving mad. When people made the arguments that, hey, one day if we bring in all of these anti-terrorism laws, one day it's going to be used against everybody else. And so many of us, didn't we, sat there and said, you're crazy. What do you what do you want the whole do you want the whole country to burn? Do you want another terror attack? What are you some kind of sicko? Right? And so on and so forth. Always happens the same way. You don't have to have particularly long historical vision to remember this shit. In in civilizational terms, it was yesterday. It was a cup of coffee ago. And it'll happen again. If we allow it to. China bans erotic banana eating live streams. <laughs> this is from two years ago. Chinese authorities, like I said, the tip, the, the sharp end of the wedge here is China. What they were doing three, four years ago is what we're going to be doing now and into the future. Chinese live streaming services have banned people filming themselves eating banana uh, bananas in a seductive fashion. Those Nazis. Like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with pretty girls eating bananas in a seductive fashion. But second, see how it will go from protecting you from violent content to protecting you from objectionable content to protecting you from, you know, disagreeable content. The definition will shift. It will move. It always does when government is involved. New regulations mean that live streaming sites must monitor all of their output around the clock to ensure nothing untoward is going on. Keeping an eye out for many erotic banana eaters, according to the New Express Daily. It's not just fruit that's on their radar, though. The paper adds that wearing stockings and suspenders while hosting a live stream is now also forbidden. The move is the authority's latest attempt to clamp down on inappropriate and erotic online content. Now, you may sniff at that. You may laugh and say, pff, pff, that's never going to happen here. It's never going to happen here. Never going to happen here in the West. In the West. Pff. Have you noticed over the last few years how the word inappropriate has found itself being applied to pretty much everything? that you agree with, <laughs> you can't say that. That's inappropriate. You can't do that. That's inappropriate. You can't, you can't play this video game. That's inappropriate. You can't listen to that music. That's inappropriate. The president can't say that. That's inappropriate. You can't wear that hat. It's inappropriate. 
You can't wear that shirt anymore. It's inappropriate. You can't say that word. It's inappropriate. Hey, hey, we're still in favour of freedom. We're not. We're not the. We're not the Nazis here. We're not the fascists. We're just protecting the community. We have a social responsibility. We are protecting the community from inappropriate things that may cause harm to others. Don't you get it? What, have you got some kind of sick fetish? Do you need to see inappropriate content on the internet? What's wrong with you? How could you not be in favour of this? What, are you crazy? What, are you some kind of sicko? Etc. Etc. It will accelerate. As long as we allow it to. All right, I think we've done. I think I'll, I'll think I think I'll just leave it there because I could go on this topic for days and days on end, but I don't want to punish you too much. Here's a fun one for you. I love it when um, publications like Slate take a really serious look at Democrats running for president and really, really put them through the ringer. Real, I want to see them expose their policies. I want to see them asking the hard questions and doing write-ups that that put the uh, the nominee or the potential nominee in a position where they're going to have to show some kind of political wizardry to get around this get around this pending catastrophe. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not what we have here. It doesn't sound like Mayor Pete is really a fish fan, guys. There he is, Mayor Pete Buttergig. There was an interesting report. I haven't had uh, the fact checkers on that yet. Interesting report in Politico on Wednesday morning about Mayor Pete. About Pete Buttigieg's fish fandom. You can see the tweet in question in which in which Buttigieg responds to a user whose avatar refers to the fish song Tweezer. The Politico item and the tweet has inspired some lively online discussion about what a fish fan candidacy or presidency might mean. <laughs> I'd like to throw some cold water on this burgeoning meme, though. Without disrespecting the investigative work that Politico's Jake Sherman did in tracking down the details on Buttigieg and Fish, by which I mean it's important to note that while it sounds like Mayor Pete is certainly a Fish fan in the normal conception of the term fan, i.e. he likes some of their songs and once went to one of the band's shows, that's not quite the same as being a Fish fan as a cultural identity. Oh yes, yes. Can we, can we increasingly begin to dissect cultural identity in terms of which music people like to listen to now as well? Bring it on. Fish fans, as commonly understood by other hardcore fish fans, are people who go to multiple shows a year, often on consecutive nights at the same venue, and listen to recordings of entire concerts for fun. There you go. Whilst he, he may one day be accused of not being a real progressive, today he's at least being accused, rightfully, of not being a real fish fan. He's got no chance. Speaking of fish, huge fish found washed up along the Coorong near mouth of the Murray River. This is in Australia. <laughs> if you manage to get past the crocodiles and the sharks and snakes and the spiders you might just catch one of these little fuckers on the end of your line right welcome to australia welcome to australia tourist want to go for a swim a sunfish has been found washed ashore near the mouth of the murray river in south australia 
over the weekend, and one expert believes it is the molar molar species. The gigantic fish is known for its sheer size and odd body shape, often distinguished by its flattened body and fins. A photo of the creature was posted on social media on Monday. We should ban it because it's disturbing. It's a, it's a dead living creature. How dare you? How dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? Promote, promote the end of wildlife in the sea, in the ocean. Are you promoting death in the ocean? This is disturbing content. This is objectionable content. You know, we here at Twitter, we have a social responsibility to protect people from images which you may find disturbing. What of the what of the fish fans out there like Pete Buttigieg? How are the fish fans going to handle this? We have a responsibility to protect them. The sunfish can swim to the depths of the ocean. Uh, it's an oceanic sunfish, which in other parts of the world is common, but here it's more unusual, said the South Australian Museum Fish Collection Manager, Ralph, Ralph Foster. That's one hell of a business card. Uh, according to the South Australian Fish Collection Manager, Ralph Foster, this is apparently a small one. This is a small fish. This is a little bugger. Little bugger. Excellent stuff. Welcome to Australia. Where if the crocs and the sharks and the snakes don't get you, the fucking fish will. Back to New Zealand. This will anger, anger some people. Anger as Jesus reference removed from New Zealand Parliament. Uh, removed from the parliamentary play, uh, prayer. Christians descend on Wellington to protest decision of Labour Speaker Trevor, Trevor Mallard. Labour is the left-wing party in New Zealand. To omit the name. <clears throat> Protesters have descended on New Zealand's parliament this week to demand the Speaker reinstate references to Jesus Christ in the parliamentary prayer. You can't have Jesus in the parliamentary prayer. Mallard said he wanted to make the prayer more inclusive for all parliamentarians. Isn't it wonderful? See, it's a noble exercise. It always starts as something noble. I'm just trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice to people. I'm trying to protect people from being offended. We have a responsibility. We have a social responsibility here. On Tuesday, around a thousand people protested on the steps of Parliament House in Wellington, arguing that New Zealand was a Christian nation. How dare they? And Mallard had no authority to axe Jesus's name. Mallard said he consulted with parliamentarians and the majority had indicated they were in favour of a secular prayer. Since being unanimously elected as Speaker, Mallard has made headlines for a slew of progressive tweaks to Parliament in a bid to make it a more inclusive and family-friendly environment, as well as making it more welcoming to everyday New Zealanders. Do you want to see what this guy's career has become since becoming Speaker of the Parliament in New Zealand? Mallard kicked off his term by minding MPs' babies in his Speaker's chair. I shit you not, babysitting. Does he get two paychecks this way, do you think? <laughs> Original Rev in the, in the chat. By eliminating everyone, everyone is included. Exactly. <laughs> He's babysitting on the job. By mining MPs' babies in his speaker's chair during parliamentary debates, allowing babies to be fed in the House, banning media from photographing the Prime Minister's daughter, Neve. The only babies that can be to have their photos taken are the ones on my lap. <laughs> The only babies that the press are allowed to take photos of are the ones right here. Coochie, coochie, goo. Coochie, go. You're gorgeous, aren't you? You're a beautiful little boy. I said order in the house. 
Order in the house. The opposition leader has the floor. We are voting on the amendment. Second A. Oh, you're a little cute little cutie, aren't you? Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I love progress. Progress means baby talk. And planning, this is one of his other it's one of his other moves. Planning a children's playground on one of the parliament's front lawns. Oh. <laughs> you see? You see, we have to remove references to Jesus Christ in the parliamentary prayer, but we absolutely must have a slippery dip on the front lawn of fucking Parliament House. I, I bet you thought, you know, getting a job in government was like a serious serious responsibility i bet you thought that these people really really have you know civic pride and just want to do something good for the country and here we are playing you know ride the horsey in the speaker's chair and designing playgrounds for babies wow god help the people of new zealand that's and it, you know, when politicians in New Zealand want to look at countries like America and say they don't know what they're doing, they're stupid gun laws. We're not going to be like that. Gucci, Gucci, goo, <laughs> Gucci, Gucci, goo. <laughs> Why don't we all just grow up and ban guns already? <gasps> oh, it's a cutie little. You're a little cutie, aren't you? Have you got a plainy Wayne? Yeah. Oh, it's a little bib. It's a little dribble bib there. Oh, you little cutie. Why don't we all just grow up? Speaking of family, this was sent through by my friend Vexed Media. Uh, what will family be like in the future? I can only imagine we're going to be progressing right past the need for mothers and fathers and children. <laughs> We've already progressed past the need for children. Let's have a look. In the past, a photo of a traditional family was likely to include a, a briefcase-wielding dad and stay-at-home mum doing something with a rolling pin. By 2039, more of us could be living with friends, partners, or strangers. Strangers? <laughs> mm. You know what I want? You know what I want the future to be? Where we don't, we no longer, you know, we should all be extricated from our family structure as early as possible. That much we know. That's required for, for really deep, meaningful progress. But what we should have is like a council of government appointees allocating our living situation. Wouldn't, don't you think that would be perfect? Like, say, you know, like, you know, that show Married at First Sight. So we'll have two experts get together and say, okay, your, your housemate is going to be this person, this person, and this person. You'll work in this job. You will view this content online. You will watch these movies. You will listen to this music. You will eat this food. And then everything's going to be nice and equal and not offensive to anyone. Don't you think that would be a wonderful way to live your life? Let's let's take all of the freedom out of the equation. And that way, there can be no dangerous accidents as a result of having too much freedom. In housing cooperatives which offer cleaning services, film screenings, and shared workspaces. Oh, what Imagine living with dozens of new family members. <laughs> imagine. Imagine how wonder, imagine how joyous it will be living with dozens more family members. Fucking hell. No thanks. No thanks. I, I barely I barely manage with the one I have. 
You share your interest in terrible 90s rom-coms and flexible uh, working paths. Uh, what about my 107-year-old grandmother? What about you might that also up? be thinking. Since the 1980s, more people have been living with parents and grand... What about our 107-year-old grandmother? Can't we just euthanize her to make to free up more money for our college educations? Don't you think that would be the best way to go? Sounds like East Germany. Gummy, gummy bears with no colors. <laughs> And for your allocation of gummy bears this morning, comrade, what would you like? Uh, unflavoured. Good choice. What other flavours are there? Just just unflavoured. That's all there is. Jesus is back in the chat. Thanks for joining us again, Jesus. I'd love dozens of new family members if I, is it, as if I don't already hate the three I have. <laughs> in what's known as multi-generational homes. Ah. However, with the average age increasing and the population becoming increasingly ethnically diverse, there it perhaps is. by 2039, the super family will have grown even more. In uh, so because uh, our societies are becoming more ethnically diverse, I guess we're just going to have to, we're going to have to have like a quota system. If you go to buy a house, you better make sure you have a black guy or a Mexican in your family unit. Otherwise, you don't get the loan. <laughs> why Why would we sell a house to just white people, for fuck's sake? This isn't progress. Is there any way that you can team up with Jose down the... I know Jose and his kids were looking for a new family. You want to adopt a migrant? The super, the super family, yeah. It's a noble exercise. It's progress. It's progress. Having 12, 12 families shoved together in a house to create the super family. It's like Captain Planet. It's like Transformers. You get all the different parts, all the different parts of the Transformer, and you stick them all together, and next thing you know, we've got a, a multi-ethnic Superman walking around stomping on bigots in brown shirts. I think it's fantastic. In which case, an Englishman's or woman's home would ah. quite literally need to be the size of a castle. A giant uh -oh. house castle would be the perfect venue for my forthcoming wedding, you probably won't be thinking in 2039, as the growing popularity of civil partnerships with both gay and straight people may have left marriage feeling as fashionable as last year's smartwatch. Yeah, marriage is so last year. <laughs> in the future with the super families, nobody's going to be getting married. Why would we why would we keep these silly traditions around now that we've dispensed with what the family unit is to begin with altogether? Now that we're just shoving people in together in homes. A human trade for house loans sound familiar. <laughs> New discoveries in stem cell research mean that it could also soon be possible for a same-sex or infertile couple to have a baby who shares both of their DNA. Look at the pictures. <laughs> Test tube babies. Woo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> tell you what tell you what we're gonna do is here's my idea for the future we how, how could you not vote for this if you, if you run on this platform i guarantee you'll be elected first thing we're going to do is we're going to get the government to take control of the internet full stop <clears throat> any social media companies that are too big we're going to get the government send them in there break them up shut them down because we can't have any disagreeable or objectionable content online. Then what we're going to do is pair you up. We're going to appoint a government panel to pair you up with people of, not, not either other people, but people from other countries and shove you in a house together to create a super family. You've heard of marriage. You want to get married to that woman down the road? Pfft, guess again. 
There's not going to be any need for marriage in the future. You can just be in a civil relationship with whomever you like. And if you want to have children, we're going to extract your DNA and construct them in a lab. Here's a picture of a cute little mouse. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't the future wonderful? I'm excited. Aren't you? In China, it's already worked with mice. Oh. However, the extortionate cost of the treatment is probably going to mean you will still need to work. No, make it free. Free DNA babies for everyone. Let's just hope that robots haven't taken your job. Yes. Unless your job's now caring for five elderly relatives. Oh. Robots could assist with eating, bathing, and dressing. <laughs> Fear not, fear not, comrades. The robots will dress you in the morning. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. What we really need to do is get rid of the choices in terms of clothing because, you know, if somebody's wearing an expensive suit, that could be defined as somewhat offensive to people who don't have a lot of money. So if we could just get a society-wide uniform to eliminate any differences, you know, we need to smash the capitalistic shallowness of consumerism comrades so i know we can't get everybody looking the same because that then we wouldn't have diversity oh wait we want diversity therefore we have to eliminate all differences um hmm quite the conundrum free college score Imagine waking up to the steely face of the latest Carebot, a dystopian nightmare, or a welcome break from your partner. Or how would you feel if, the instead of a person, they looked more like a vacuum cleaner? If the answer's, <laughs> I hate my family and would happily replace them with a household apparatus, you might be interested to hear that an artificial intelligence company is attempting to bring relatives back from the dead, using information gathered from social media, as well as photos, videos, and audio material. Comforting. Wow, not not only are we going to push you together, push you into a situation where you're living in a super family type structure with fucking strangers, uh, we're also going to bring back your your dead relatives. So wouldn't wouldn't you love to have your mother-in-law screaming at you again about what a terrible waste, what a terrible waste of time your wife made when marrying you in the first place? The first, it wasn't fun enough the first time around. Can you please please bring back my mother-in-law so she could tell me what a failure I am again? Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> Reminiscing. Reminiscing! Or creepy. How would you feel if a virtual you was able to carry on your life long after you've ceased to be in it? And how much access would you want to give your loved ones to your digitally preserved secret hopes, dreams, and desires? Would you like a digital version of yourself carrying on after you die, fooling everybody? Hey, it's just me. It's just me, everyone. Oh my god, I thought you were dead! No, I'm still just chilling. Just chilling. Just watching The Bachelor. Maybe your family aren't so bad after all, you might yeah. now be thinking, as you stare into the cold, computerized eyes of a digital family member. Perhaps you'll arrange a get-together at Christmas, but instead of the lounge, it will take place in an immersive 3D dome. Your sister's girlfriend's doing her annual speech about how all the best singers and musicians are dead? No problem. Bring In the cushion comfort of the dome, you'll be able to flick a switch and watch the holographic supergroup of your dreams perform. So it's almost like a it's almost like a musical top twenty version of Jurassic Park, isn't it? I, I knew Amy Winehouse would be there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, welcome back, Madonna. It's good to see you again. Has she been fed? Has she been fed yet? That that electric fence, that's still working, right? We want to keep Madonna nice and caged where she is. We can't have her getting out. Spreading. Obscene beer label, label causes row in Russia. A beer bottle label has caused a row in Russia. I love a good row, don't you? Over its use of sadomasochistic imagery, exacerbated by the decision of a state agency to run an online poll for or against it. The Kopchev Brewery in Barnall, a city in the Altai region of Siberia, launched its new Prinyak... Pardon, I, I apologise in advance to the Russian speakers. Imperial Stout with stylized close-up of a woman with a ball gag in her mouth, designed to look like a traditional Russian, Russian Prinyak honey cake. Here's the beer label in question. Okay, so that's that's the label on the beer. It's a woman's face with a ball gag in her mouth. Uh, why was this criticised? Well, you'll be pleased to know. Feminists say it displays violence towards women and is obscene and offensive. I just wonder why is this violence towards women? See, why is the... I'm not expecting any results from this online poll. Who likes to wear a ball gag? You know what I mean? Isn't, isn't, aren't ball gags, you know, why is it automatically assumed that it's like against the woman's will or something? Do you know what I mean? Displays violence towards women as and is obscene and offensive. Do you see how feminism comes full circle in the end? Once upon a time, feminists were burning bras in the name of freedom. And now feminists, you know, we've been told about the virtues and the joys of sexual liberation and how there's really nothing wrong with having some kind of leather fetish. You just need to, you know, celebrate it and promote it. And don't try to push it into the, you know, the dark corners of society. We need to mainstream sexual liberation. And now we've come full circle. So when you have a beer label of a woman with a ball gag in her mouth, oh, that's offensive. Really? You know, you sound just like the Christian Puritans of the 1950s when you say stuff like that. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? See, I'm, it seems, it's, I'm starting to think that whatever side is in power culturally really doesn't matter that much because eventually they do the exact same things. I mean, you now have feminists celebrating covering up. Covering up. You know, in London, you can't have an image of a woman in a bikini on a billboard or on the side of a bus because that's offensive and demeaning to women. It's, it sounds it sounds remarkably like what the hardcore Christians of past generations were saying, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Isn't isn't that funny? Isn't that strange? See, I think on some level, this argument between left versus right is almost made redundant by the fact that whoever is in charge culturally at the time tends to emulate what the other one does, whether they be on the left or the right. Now they're starting to sound exactly like each other in different stages of human history. So that tends to make me believe that the real discussion here is between control versus freedom. And something I've been talking about for a long time, it's not necessarily me the voter versus you the voter, it's us the voters versus them. The political class. 
the cultural controllers. Those who seek freedom and those who seek to control. I think that's the division. More so than me, the voter, versus you, the voter. People might vote for more control. But are they necessarily understanding of what they're voting for? It's an interesting thought, isn't it? One more to finish us off. Sent through by Ducks Regionus. Fart rape. How crazy are feminists? See, I'm going to need a fact check. I don't know if this is if this is real or not. The, the beautiful part of living today in today's world is we can't necessarily be sure if something is a meme, if it's satire, or if it's genuine. So <laughs> I'm just putting that out there as a caveat before I read this. By farting louder, the man is using passive-aggressive violence to position himself as dominant. This I'll, Just before I read this, I'll give you a little... What I mean is by, you know, you can't tell if it's satire or not or if it's real. Somebody very close to me was is currently going through a university degree and they had to take one of these courses, you know, those mandatory units that you have to take and it was like sociology or something. And this person has presented me with this material and they were getting bad marks and they said, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I looked at it and it was all about, you know, oppressionism, victimhood, that kind of thing institutionalized um you know racism and stuff like that and i said ah you see the problem is you're thinking about it too much and they go what do you mean i said well you can't you can't apply logical thought you need to remove your faculties for logical thought and critical thinking from the task at hand so i legitimately you know gave a few lines like you know structural racism and things like that i said what you need to do is take look at what the, the materials that your professor is giving you, take the words that are repeated most commonly in those materials and then just write around them. Like just add them into what you're saying. And it can be gobbledygook. It can be nonsense. It doesn't matter. As long as you repeat the words, then you'll pass. And they said, this this is ridiculous. And I said, you've just got to not think about it. Just Just figure out ways to use those words in context. And that's all you have to do. Next thing you know, distinctions. Distinctions. Top of the class. Not not a single logical thought was put behind the work and it was written up in about 15 minutes. Bang, 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 bang. Send it in. Oh my God, this is brilliant. Person came back to me and said, they really are stupid, aren't they? I said, of course. It's designed for stupid people. It's not designed for smart people. The reason you have to do it is they're trying to weed out the smart people and fail them. The people who are doing this as their major, they're the stupid ones. Just write what you have to write and get the hell out of there with your, you know, your future career intact. Just do whatever the hell you got to do. Good, good comment in the chat. Kinnick, yes, ban live streaming so that only the mainstream media can live stream. That's what they want. Well, you know, we've, we've often talked about, haven't we, the, I guess... If you can, if you can be given jail terms in New Zealand for sharing a live stream, but the the media is allowed to have it because it's all a threat. It's all a threat. It's all market share. It's all a threat to the market share that the mainstream corporate press has. And you can't have unregulated spaces where normal people are, you know, contributing to the cultural direction of the society. 
And again, that's why I said the discussion is less about me the voter versus you the voter. It's about control versus freedom. And people who would seek to control us absolutely must put a stop to freedom wherever they see it. But back to fart rape, back to the, back to the important issues. By farting louder, the man is using passive-aggressive violence to position himself as dominant. This intimidates the woman to subconsciously not release as much flatulence. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, I think you're in a special moment in a relationship when the girl farts. It's like, thank you for letting me in. Thank you. Because they try to hide it and pretend like they don't do it for the longest time. And when they finally fart in front of you, then you know you've got a keeper. But apparently, when the guy farts louder, it's to intimidate the woman to subconsciously not release as much flatulence, and thus the woman, fear, fearing for her safety, doesn't fart as loud as a sign of submissiveness. This, in turn, contributes to rape culture and women being oppressed. Bravo. <clears throat> Bravo. To be brutally honest, though, um, I do tend to agree with an aspect of that because women in my presence, their safety is at risk when I fart. Just letting you know. If I let one rip after a, a long afternoon of gutting beer and eating a lamb kebab, say, for example, with garlic sauce and a bit of hummus, then you are absolutely in mortal danger if you stay in the room when I go to impose myself aggressively as the dominant male. <laughs> And suppress and oppress you and contribute to rape culture by letting one rip between the cushions on the couch. There you have it. So, like I said, if you missed the start, please go back and watch it. Keep an eye on the way that this this current move for regulation, for banning live stream, for wholesale banning, is going to be gift wrapped and presented to you as though it's something you want to have. When the reality is it's probably anything but. Don't ignore the slippery slope fallacy. Embrace it. Because when we're talking about government and those with a will to control and exert their power over others, that's exactly where things are headed. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. With that, guys. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to fart in my face and thus give a big middle finger to rape culture and oppression, you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Till next time, guys. Till tomorrow. Uh, the free for all tomorrow will be early again. We've got some shit happening here, so I can't go late. So it's going to be around roughly the same time as we went today for the free-for-all. I'll put a tweet up later and send in your articles. We'll have a bit more fun. We'll go a little bit longer. We'll do the usual free-for-all thing, but just at the earlier time. So if you want to join in, please do. If you don't, so long, sucker. Till next time, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.
fought for freedom. If you love America, you let one rip for your country. God dang it. Oh my God, did you just fart? No, I'm oppressing you. 